This is a Stroud Short Stories podcast. Stroud Short Stories is an independent, twice-yearly, live-lit event. I'm organiser John Holland, and today I'm bringing you one of my favourite Stroud Short Stories, read by its author. Show Me What You're Made Of, by Chloe Turner, and it's from the November 2017 Stroud Short Stories event. Chloe Turner's stories have been published in print, online, and in two chapbooks. As well as being shortlisted in competitions, she won the Fresher Prize in 2017 and the local prize in the Bath Short Story Award in both 2017 and 2018. Chloe's story, Waiting for the Runners, was published in the prestigious anthology Best British Short Stories 2018. And her first collection, Witches Sail in Eggshells, published by Reflex Press, is due out in the spring. Chloe lives in Minchinhampton. It was one of his things, saying that. Show me what you're made of, jutting his chin. It'd always be said in jest, to the stranger at the bar as he pressed a flaming Zambuka into their palm. To the kid he challenged to a race to the end of the beach. But there was always an edge to it, right from the start. He'd said it to her on their first date, challenging her to an arm wrestle on the corner table of the Crown's snug bar. Di could see Ella in the background, doing those are-you-okay waggles with her eyebrows. But she'd been drinking tequila since the news came out about her ex's baby that afternoon. She didn't feel the twist in her arm until the morning, and even then she'd blamed it on the way the spilt spirit made the beer mat slide under her elbow. But looking back, it had always been there, that edge. When they fought, sometimes Di would catch Michael sitting on his hands or prizing open a fist under the table like he was trying to work his fingernails into a clamped shell. But there was a gentleness about him too, or a controlled stillness at any rate. You could see it in the way he used to play the guitar with his eyes on the horizon, his fingers drifting over the strings, barely grazing them and watching him with a leaf beetle crawling across the calluses of his palm was the same. He'd stop whatever he was doing to let that glittered bug take its time. Of course, when you knew he would later tweeze off each of those six fine articulated legs and lay them alongside the severed carapace of its lime-burnished wings, it tarnished the picture somewhat. Because that was the other thing about Michael... He had to get to the heart of everything. In the early days of their relationship, there didn't seem anything sinister to it. Odd, sure, but back then it had been as much about the rebuilding as the taking apart. An old Triumph came first, a 78 Bonneville, just a blackened shell when he bought it from the car boot sale at the power station. A violin next, then an old hand loom they found in the barn behind the cottage, and after that it was his father's watch. Each of them had their innards splayed across the workshop floor, faithfully recorded on paper as such, like the exploded schematic in a how-to manual. And then, with varying degrees of success, came the reconstruction. The motorbike seemed to come easily. They'd ridden it together all the way up to Applecross, where he proposed at the top of the slipway with a ring his mother had lent him. And he repaired the loom so well they were able to sell it on eBay. 
but the fragile veneer of the violin did not take so well to the indignity of deconstruction. He wore his father's watch on their wedding day, though the mechanism had not turned since the day he'd released the spring and tipped the brass cogs across the kitchen table. When she joked about it while they waited to greet their guests at the door to the marquee, he gripped her wrist so tightly she was left with a pink welt like a watch strap of her own. That first winter he spent a few weeks inside after squaring up to a bigger man in the pub. But when he came home he touched her with such exaggerated gentleness she let him back into her bed. He'd lost his job because of the conviction, and afterwards he took to spending hours alone in the workshop, the doors locked behind him. He rarely went anywhere for long, but while he visited his mother in the hospice one morning, Di opened the side door with the key he kept under the log basket. She saw then that his interest had shifted, from the mechanics of repair to something more like an inventory of parts. There were no more of the diagrams like engineers' blueprints. Instead, the constituent parts of whatever had taken his fancy were lined up, sentry-like, graded by size and shape. Everything was its place. She could acknowledge that there was a strange beauty in the order of the thing. She asked him once, what drove him to break apart so much, what he sought to find in all this deconstruction. She'd chosen her moment carefully. He was back from the hospice, with a drink in his hand, and his mother had had one of her better days, not mistaking him for his dead brother, not screaming for a nurse when he arrived. It was before the miscarriage, so he was gentle around her, often stroking her belly, fanning his wide hands across the taut skin. He started to tell her how he regretted the deconstruction, the essential violence in it, but that it was a necessary evil. Only by breaking it utterly could he get to the heart of a thing. Then the doorbell rang with a delivery for next door, and by the time she got back, she knew from the white knuckles around his glass that she'd regret asking more. He didn't take the loss of the baby well, coming so soon after his mother's death. They buried them together in the village graveyard that looked over and down towards the Seven Vale. He'd not wanted anyone there, just the two of them and the unsmiling undertaker from Murray and Sons. Di had brought a bunch of sweet peas from his mother's wild garden, but Michael kicked over the jar as they were leaving, and she didn't dare stop to write it. After that, he went out even less than before, and a month went by before she knew he'd be away long enough to open up the workshop again. He'd been so quiet in there, none of the usual orchestra of creak and thud and clang of metal on metal. She was intrigued as to what he was working on. He'd been tender with her those past few weeks, and her thirtieth was a month off. Could it be that he was working on something for her? The first chance she got, it had taken an abscess on his jaw to get him out of the house. She lifted the basket for the key. She'd never been any good at restraint. To a stranger... That picture sitting in the worktop dust might have seemed like a cartoon, a skeleton drawn for a child to cut and pin for Halloween. But on closer inspection, the viewer would have seen the care with which the bones had been sketched in pen and ink, ordered first by body part and then by height, so that the effect was of a ghastly fence pitched across the width of the page. So many bones needed a huge sheet. He'd used an architect's drawing pad, pre-printed tracing paper with space for the scale and notes. He must have bought it specially. 
and as the bones declined in size, coming at last to Incus, Malleus and Stapes, the anvil, hammer and stirrup of the inner ear, beyond them, rendered in the same black ink, was lined up a sad collection of small metal items, two medicinal gold studs and a single hairband. She recognised in the sketch of the band the narrowing in the elastic beside the steel fastening where it had thinned from overuse. On the far side of the sheet, in the pre-printed box for job title, a name had been rubbed out. It began with D, but she didn't pause to decipher the rest of the grooves left on the greased page. She did snatch up the sheet as she ran for the workshop door. She rolled it clumsily to shroud those careful, dreadful drawings of all the parts of her. Last to slip under the rough scroll, he'd drawn it so finely it could be only hers, was the bald circle of her wedding ring. That was Chloe Turner reading her story, Show Me What You're Made Of from the November 2017 Stroud Short Stories event. The next Stroud Short Stories event is on Sunday the 19th of May at the Cotswold Theatre in Stroud. Tickets have now sold out, but we'll be back again in the autumn for another exciting event. The story you heard today is from our new anthology, which has 57 stories by 45 authors from the last three years of our events. It's available from local bookshops, and Amazon and in paperback and Kindle editions. I'm grateful to Laura Bing for producing the podcast, to Ed Holland for the music. Thanks very much for listening.